Hey guys, welcome to the Shop Notes Podcast. Today we have John, I can't believe he dropped that wall, Doyle, Dylan, don't touch the hair baker, and me, Logan, the Forearms Whitmer. We are talking about uh, setting up shop. What would you look for in a new shop? What do you have in your current shop that you would like different? We have a question from a listener on the easiest finish, what are our most trusted finishes, and surprise question at the end. So let's jump into it. This episode of the Shop Notes podcast is brought to you by Woodsmith Plans. You'll find nearly a thousand plans covering everything that you'd want to build, from furniture projects to gift projects, kitchen accessories, workshop projects and jigs and more. Find your next project at woodsmithplans.com. John. Okay, we're talking. You, well, okay, so you may potentially be looking at moving, right? My, well, my, my wife's <laughs> making me move. Your wife is making me like, she, Is she staying and you're moving? No, I think she would like to go. Oh, okay. I would stay, but okay. I think she's going to take all of us with her. Okay. But um, yeah, we've been in the same house for 17 years, our starter house. Sure. Um, <laughs> 17 started, years later. Yes, we started there with just the two of us, and we've added uh, four tiny roommates since then. Hamsters? Uh, no, we had do we have two guinea pigs. Okay, now, okay. Four uh, kids since then, so it's getting kind of uh, stuffy as far as sure. room in this house. Um, and I actually had a pretty good shop set up at you know before we added all these people. Uh, <laughs> we have a two and a half car garage, and um, it's filled up with kids stuff now. Uh, yeah, I think I counted the other day. We have eleven bicycles in our garage like are they riding two bicycles at i once? don't know that's i just started counting that doesn't include tricycles and Holy mini cars cow. and Wait, to mini be fair, bikes yeah to and, be fair i guess now that i think about it i have two kids i have four bikes right like and not like not adult bikes like children right. bikes so it's like where does this stuff come from huh. so it's kind of filled up with kids toys um after i counted the 11 bikes i started you know paring down on some stuff but it's still <laughs> It the a two and a half car, car garage fills up pretty quickly, even with not including the cars when you have sure. a family. So, um, so I guess if we're talking uh, dream shops, well, I, so I guess let me rephrase the question: When you are looking at houses, are you going to be looking for a shop space, or are you kind of over it since we have access to shops here? No, I would kind of like to have like a dedicated space. For all your right, Like right carts. now, like I'm saying, we have a two and a half car garage, but we, yeah. and, you know, I'm sharing that with everybody else's in and out of there, so it would be nice to have kind of a dedicated area, to sure. whether that's in a basement or a separate building or where I could wall off part of a garage yeah. or whatever. It's funny because I was, we had started looking at houses and we saw this house and it had like a five car garage yeah. and my wife like hated the house. And I'm like, but, but five, the garage, five car garage. Yeah. who cares what the house is? I'm yeah. never going to go in the house <laughs> if we have a five car garage. So, yeah. but I couldn't sell her on that. So yeah, that's we'll funny. Still be looking, yeah. So. We, we looked at a house. Uh, we were, we were looking at moving last summer. And we looked at a house, same thing. It's like there was like a there was like a six stall detached garage mm -hmm. that some some guy obviously built it like a, a, a yeah. man cave, right? Yeah. But I'm like, the house was straight from the sixties. My wife was like, <laughs> no way. And I'm like, but look at that garage. Right. Come on. <laughs> yeah. it's the same square footage yeah. as the house. Yeah. 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 So you so you think you will you will set up a shop space yeah. to some extent. And I don't and it doesn't have to be like the biggest. Like I said, I would just have sure. like to have more of the dedicated space where it's like mine yeah. rather than 
it's not about the size of the shop right it's about how you you use use it it. yeah Yeah. exactly so yeah so yeah that's kind of what i'm looking for right now interesting and ultimately something you don't have to break down after every time right yeah like moving stuff around to get cars in and out of which which isn't the end of the world no i mean especially if you have everything on wheels right it's not that bad um but it is nice to be able to just finish working leave everything where it's at go in eat dinner Mm -hmm. and go back out yeah so Dylan, you just moved, right? So you just moved this summer. Yeah, I just moved. I mean, fall? Yeah, yeah, I think it was September of last year. Um, and, of course, we bought a house with no garage. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that was very convenient. <laughs> you know, I, I think at the time I was just being a little more practical about, you know, wanting to move and didn't really think I was going to really well, ultimately set up a shop right away. Sure. I mean, we yeah. have... We have access here, which is great. Yeah. Um, and so I, you know, I definitely utilize the the space that we have available to us here. And, you know, the our basement's relatively small, but again, a few months have gone by now, and I'm starting to kind of consider about what my options are in terms of setting up shop down there. Yeah, which and it's unfinished basement, I'm assuming. Yeah, there's yeah. and there's just two rooms down there, and it's just again, it's the footprint of what the foundation is. So sure. it's, it's pretty small down there. Yeah. Well, is I mean, are you? So you, I know from here you got a lathe right yep so you have a lathe down there do you think you'll try to get other tools or is it going to be set up as a small specialty type shop because chris chris is the same way right his his uh shop is in a room in his basement i think he said he has a drill press a bandsaw and that's pretty much it i think he does a lot power tools that he has yeah but he does a lot of carving so it's kind of a specialty shop where he's down there just doing you know carving or whatever whatever the wonderful mind of Chris Fitch is doing at that point. Um, you think it'll be specially or I, I think I'm ultimately going to just end up adapting to what I have available to me. So I think the, the plan as of right now, um, is to just have a workbench and then I'll probably, um, put my lathe on top of that. Yep. Um, so I'll have access to that. I've got a small 14 inch bandsaw in the basement, um, that I can use. It's just uh, it's 110 volt single yeah. phase. Um, but, I think there be have to be some serious rewiring going on if I want to start considering having a full shop, but it's yeah. probably going to be really hand tools mostly. And again, I, it just depends on what sort of motivation I have to, you know, <laughs> feel like I need to be working, you know, in my basement versus, you know, driving the 20 blocks it is to our That's shop true. That's, here. That so. is true. I mean, you are fairly close here. So in the evenings, weekends, you're able to come in and utilize our, our big yeah. shop space that we have, um, which is nice. But yeah, that's, that's interesting because that's not a, that's a consideration you have to have when you're going into a, a house that was built, you know, pre fifties probably, yeah. uh, that the wiring may not be able to run a lot of stuff. Right. You know, and even if the wiring has been updated, it's probably not been updated to, mm-hmm. to run, you know, a five horse table saw yeah. or right. stuff like that. Which, nor, nor would you want to move one of those saws down. Into no, your basement that either. is true. <laughs> that is true. Uh, having just sold my saw this weekend, I would not want to move that any further than I had to. So interesting. Well, you know, it's, it's funny. I asked this because, uh, recently, you know, everybody that's watching this, with video uh, sees I have a couple bowls sitting in front of me and I've been doing a lot of turning lately. And we talked about that the last couple weeks. Um, and I, I'm trying to figure out if it's just a phase or if it's more than a phase, you right. know what I mean? Right. Like if you're going to get sick of it if or you, if you're going to want to keep doing it, expand. Exactly. And- because honestly, and anybody that's walked in the shop the last couple of weeks has seen what a freaking mess it makes. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are shavings all over from me turning stuff. Uh, so it's like, 
my shop right now is in the basement. It's when I built the house, I built it as a shop space. So I added a, I have like a hundred, uh, 100 amp sub panel in there. Um, I have 220 in there. I have 110. It's 14 by 25, something like that. Um, and it's set up really well for a kind of a hybrid shop. Mm-hmm. So table saws in there, band saws in there, drill presses in there. Um, flat screen TV. Flat screen TVs in there. <laughs> um, and it's uh, it's set up well for that. However, when I start producing large amounts of dust and mess, it kind of makes me wish that I was in the garage. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, you know, I say that tongue in cheek because I think everybody has the dream of having their shop in an air conditioned climate right. controlled area mm-hmm. like my basement is. Um, but man, it would be nice just to open the door, grab a leaf blower <laughs> and just blow all the dust outside. Yeah, right. Impressive. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I don't have any neighbors real close, mm-hmm. so it's not like I'm going to bother anybody. Yeah. I'm out in the middle of the woods. It doesn't mm-hmm. really matter. Um, so I'm, I'm wrestling with this idea of do I switch my one stall garage into my shop? So you're going to park your boat in, in, in the basement? basement? No, oh, no. So you know, our, my garage is set up to where I have a double stall uh, garage, then I have a single stall at right angles with each other. I mean, you can walk back and forth between them, but it would be very easy to build a six-foot wall in the opening between them. Mm-hmm. And then I would basically have a, a single stall garage as my shop, and it would be thinking about now it actually would be slightly bigger than my current shop um it would be the same width but it's 32 foot long so i gain Mm -hmm. i gain a little bit of square footage it's not climate controlled uh however the noise and the dust it it's really it's interesting it's really appealing to me i'm wondering if maybe i don't i don't know go down that route Mm mm-hmm of switching and to a garage yeah, shop. Yeah, instead of my basement shop. I mean, I, let's, you know, to be fair, I was never planning on keeping my shop in the basement forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, I, when I finished my shop space, I, fi- I finished it out with uh, uh, drywall, and there's OSB under the drywall, um, and I finished that out just for, you know, uh, house appraisal's sake. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I did always plan on, at some point, switching that to a theater room. Mm-hmm. So it's like I could transition back. So I don't know. It was, it was just it was something I wanted to ask you guys. You know, John, with you potentially moving, Dylan just moved. Mm-hmm. You know, what are your guys' thoughts? So, off the cuff question: What would your dream shop have that you don't have right now? Oh, that's a good question because I do a lot of the woodworking here. Yep. Um, let's see. A shop buddy. A shop buddy. I need to get my son out there. So <laughs> That's do right. Do the heavy lifting. Yeah, and, yeah. You need so, to be held accountable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So somebody with. Yeah, I don't know. That's site. a good question. I haven't like gotten to the point where it's like, oh, I need this and I don't have it. And yeah. Well, and again, to be fair, we're our opinions are a little skewed. I think because we have access to a lot of stuff here right. in the shop. We do, but we all come from very different backgrounds it's too, true. in terms mm-hmm. of yeah. what we were doing prior to this certain job and yeah. the space we had available to us. So yeah. I think anybody in our position would probably take advantage of the resources True. at hand. Yeah. Be crazy yeah. Not to. What, what would your dream shop have that you don't currently have? Well, so I, I, before I came here, I, I went from having a 1200 square foot space in downtown Des Moines on like the third story of a, like an old manufacturing building, yeah. which ironically was uh, a furniture manufacturer. Sure. sure. So it's kind of hard to go back to yeah. having a space that's the that's size true. of a single stall garage. Uh, even though if I were to do that at home, that's ultimately what, yeah. what, I, what yeah. I have to uh, do. So, um, 
you know, I really enjoy the open space. I mean, anybody that knows me here, I'm certainly going to take advantage of uh, carts rolling around that have nobody else's projects on them. (laughs) Um, My workbench is certainly a testament to that. But, you know, short of having, uh, you know, just having a a cabinet saw, um, a good 8-inch joiner, 14-inch bandsaw, and, um, I mean, ultimately a 15-inch planer at minimum. I mean, the the bench uh, top or the lunchbox size ones work well. We were kind of discussing this yesterday, Logan, just how noisy they are. So they they certainly don't work well and uh, enclosed environments, especially if you're in a basement. Um, But, you know, I think there's just a a standard in terms of, um, you know, some basic power tools that I would just like to have. And then, um, you know, my ideal workbenches or workspaces are really just um, big tables with, uh, like, utility devices on them. Sure. So, um, again, I I think the whole dynamic is interesting of what you dream about and what you have available to you because ultimately – you're going to adapt to what you have available to yeah. you. Yeah, which that, is good. That can kind of drive really even the type of work you do. And so I, I always think that kind of dynamic is interesting and you're just, you do with what you have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing I've always wanted in a shop is not necessarily a particular tool, um, but I've seen a lot of photos um, of these guys that work out in the Northeast. And you you're mentioned an industrial space kind of. Uh, spurred this thought. Uh, I've seen a lot of guys that are in these old industrial buildings, right? And they're on like the second, third, fourth floor. You know, in particular, I'm thinking of Al Breed's shop right now. Sure. Um, he's a great furniture, um, kind of a uh, period furniture maker. But his one wall is almost all windows, like mm-hmm. almost floor to ceiling. Mm-hmm. And that would be really cool to have. Yeah. You know, it'd be cool just to have for the not only the natural light, but also the view. Right. So it's so like, you're not hey, staring at yeah. dusty walls. Exactly. All the time well, I mean, just, thinking about our shop here, we have what, three windows in it? And yeah. And like, one of those is in uh, the office. Exactly. So, <laughs> so it's like, it would be nice to have a, a big wall of windows there. Mm-hmm. We can see down on the, you know, just the don't put them down there. Downwind of the table saw. <laughs> <back> <laughs> exactly. exactly. Window panes. Yeah. So at this point, let's go and uh, take a second to think. The sponsor of this podcast, and that is Infinity Tools. Uh, we've worked with Infinity Tools for quite a while. Um, they're a great source for uh, router bits, um, router bit sets, shaper cutters. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually teaching a uh, seminar out at the Woodsmith store here last week on joiner planers, and somebody mentioned that they love the Infinity planer knives. Because oh, sure. They are, yeah. uh, we had the, the the planer I was using there was the 735 DeWalt. Sure. Um, and they mentioned how expensive the blades were for it, but somebody said Infinity had them for like half the price mm-hmm. of other places, and the quality is so much better. So, uh, check out Infinity Tools. Their website is uh, my phone just closed. InfinityTools.com. Um, we actually have one of their router tables coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was supposed to show up yesterday. Um, they have a new router table system uh, that we are going to do a review on in Popular Woodworking. So that'll be fun to take a look at. So check out infinitytools.com. So while I was at the seminar last week, uh, I had somebody come up to me and ask me a question completely unrelated to Turning. the topic. Well, <laughs> no, completely unrelated to the, the planer joiner oh, sure. topic, uh, which I love. Um, you know, I love woodworking no matter what. So any question I get, it's a fair game. Uh, but he wanted to know what my thought was on the easiest finish to apply at home. Mm. So, and this is, it's funny because fine woodworking was here doing their podcast with us and 
they had a sim. Well, it was a durability question on a tabletop, but I think it lends itself. The finishing is always a touchy subject. It's like sharpening. Mm -hmm. You ask a hundred people, you're going to have 120 responses, right? So John, what would you say easiest finishes? And then what's your most trusted finish? Uh, My most trusted finish. And it's like what we use here on a lot of the projects is the, you know, the sprayed on, you know, pre-cat lacquer, pre-cat mm-hmm. lacquer. And I actually did a, quite a bit of that at home. I just have a, like a cup gun yeah. compressor and yeah. would open up the garage door and do my spraying there. Lacquer and, your wife's yeah. car. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's right. So that, I mean, that's what I use a lot and it's, I mean, basically bomb proof as they say, Yeah, but it is, it's, you know, I've had really good luck with that and was able to, you know, be successful at home but you know if you're in like a basement shop that's probably not you know the most yeah the best and that's that's honestly probably one of the biggest challenges of being inside yeah is the lack of ventilation yeah proper ventilation certainly yeah so what's your thoughts dylan what would you say two things easiest finish and trusted finish i mean the two kind of go hand in hand but again i i mean i i don't i'm to attempt not to default to what John said, just because again, we we use pre-cat just because of the drying time uh, in between coats is just great. I mean, you can hit it, and you know, depending on how thick a first coat you put on, you know, you can hit it maybe yeah. 20, 30 minutes later, knock it back with some four hundred grit sure. or whatever you again prefer. But um, a lot of stuff I use prior to coming here, and even prior to having my shop in school, is they really praised wipe on poly. It seems yeah. like I use that yep. almost for every project I did yep. in college. Um, Again, drying time is a little bit longer. I mean, you're looking at probably two to three hours in between yeah. coats on there. but um, And really works better if you're doing flat surfaces. Yeah. So a lot of we did a lot of tea tables or like three-legged uh, stools and that sure. sort of thing. And so it was yep. really easy to apply, um, you know, if you're getting to um, a lot of curved surfaces or contours and stuff, you know. Yeah, you don't want to do, do like a Queen Anne high boy on it or right. something. Yeah. And, and, and it can be finicky, too, at times, again, when you're working with those um, – uh, shapes or uh, forms that are not flat. Um, but again, there's a learning curve to everything, but yeah. I, that's, that, that's a pretty solid uh, finish in terms of, you know, how it sets up over time. It, it, it sure. makes for a pretty, I think, strong and rigid uh, uh, protective finish. Gotcha. So. Well, you know, and so what I told this guy is I, I'm a huge fan. Okay. So the spray lacquer, mm-hmm. yes, it's amazing. It's awesome to hit it and forget it, right? As the kids are saying these days. Like, well, I mean, so it's funny because I told Phil we were in the hardware, or I was, uh, we were in the shop the other day, and I had a hardware cart we built last season, and I had some drawers in there, and it's like the spray lacquer is so nice because I don't even sand it. I mean, mm-hmm. I just go in there and I spray way too thick a coat mm-hmm. on. It's like it's so I'm cool. sealing everything down. Yeah. There's pencil lines on there. There's mm-hmm. glue. Doesn't matter. It's yeah. all getting sealed in. It's a shop project. And it self levels really well too. Yeah. Self levels, and it's it's really that's the thing with pre cat lacquer. It's just it's hard to screw it up. And if you do on the first coat, you can take it back and I mean, lacquer thinner. I mean, it, it just, just dissolves it. Fills yeah. it, it. That dissolves it, and then the second coat will just fill any sort of yeah. scratch or imperfection. Yeah, in. well, and it's it's something I've I've repaired too. So my uh, my wife's desk at home, I spray the top with pre cat lacquer, and the. Uh, I don't remember what happened to the top. It was like, I think we, we set the desk up two days later and pre-cat lacquer does take a while to really set up. Sure. It, it will be soft for a couple days. Yeah. And we sat my computer on top of the desk for overnight, pulled it off the next day and there was 
four dimples where the feet mm -hmm. were sitting. So what I ended up doing was just taking pre-cat lacquer here out of the shop, put it in a little mason jar, and then I drop tilled it with a brush mm -hmm. and buffed it out and scrubbed it in. Sure. And you cannot tell. I mean, it burns into itself really well. That aside, pre-cat lacquer is not something I will do at home. I mean, you can. Yeah, like you right. said, John, you can. Um, it's just you have to spray it, and it's not my favorite finish. You know, my two things. I think that my favorite finish depends on what I'm doing. So turning, I love hitting it with a sanding sealer, shellac. You know, really, really thin shellac, and then Danish oil. Danish oil has kind of been my new favorite um finish because again yeah, and oil that it's, it's, yeah that watco stuff you can't screw it no up. i know and that's what it is yeah. it's the watco natural um it's i i've wanted to experiment with making my own danish oil too because it's a, i don't remember what the formula is but it's some tongue oil and some other poly and stuff mixed in in the thinner um but you know it's like this finish is a danish oil you can't screw it up mm -hmm. you you wipe it on let it soak in then you wipe it off yep um and i I think for turning stuff, that's really good. I don't think it's as protective as some stuff. Um, so I'm going to say that my favorite finish is um, is a blend, okay? Uh, and it's a particular blend that I used on my son's crib when I built it because I didn't work here at the time, mm -hmm. didn't have the spray equipment. Um, so I actually ended up using a, the Sam Maloof brand. Okay, stuff. sure. So he has, he has uh, I mean... Obviously, Sam doesn't have it anymore, um, but whoever's produ producing it, uh, they produce two different types of finishes. They produce a, I believe, and I could be wrong, like a poly varnish or a varnish, poly oil blend, I think, and then a poly wax blend. Okay. So it's a very, very slow building film. But it's impossible to screw up. It takes forever to dry, which is great, especially yeah. with something with a like a crib or a bed where you have a lot of spindles and mm -hmm. stuff. You wipe it on, let it soak in for I don't remember what it is, 15, 20 minutes, and you wipe, it, you buff it off. Patience is the game. It, well, yeah, go figure with woodworking. I know, right? And the only area. So when I was finishing that crib, I I didn't finish it before my son was born. I don't think. <laughs> I mean, I by think, the time he turned three, yeah, I, no, I mean he was he was still young, but it was like he was maybe a month old when I finished it, mm -hmm. uh, and so obviously I didn't want to do this in the house. I didn't want to do it in the garage because it was middle of summer, super high humidity, it would take forever to dry. Uh, so I ended up finishing it in my mom and dad's basement, and I hung it up from their floor joist with wire so I could do it. And I mean, I was over there like a dozen times putting this finish on. Mm -hmm. um, and finished it with a couple coats of the, the it might be a wax oil is their final top coat. And it just was a silky smooth finish. Mm -hmm. And it's been pretty durable. And what I like about it is I can, if something pops up on it, like the kids scuff it, I just throw some paste wax on it with a piece of four hot steel wool and buff it and mm -hmm. it goes away, True. which is really nice. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to say the blend is probably my finish. Uh, my favorite finish at home. Um, Obviously, here spray lacquer all day, every day. Beeswax, yeah, beeswax is beeswax is great for turning too, mm -hmm. uh, because it just melts on with friction. You know, you turn the lathe up to twelve hundred RPM, just buff it on there, and then grab a cloth and you friction polish it in. Yeah, uh, which is super nice too. So yeah, uh, I like getting those random. 
question. Mm-hmm. Not not really random questions, but yeah. kind and it's of, kind of funny too, guys, that we're talking here because it's like as woodworkers, it's like you find that one finish that like you know how to do and yep. you don't screw it up, and you just kind of stick to that. So it's like kind of creature. It's habit. like yeah, yeah, you're building all these projects. You get to the end, and it's like I don't want to screw this up, so you just kind of go with what you know. Yeah. So it's and you don't it's want kinda, to be an afterthought either, yeah. which right, you know, yeah. <laughs> sometimes it, it is. Yeah, it is. Well, and and another thing is you don't want to. You don't want to spend all the time building a project and then rush through the finish either. Right. You know, because even if it's a finish you know how to do, you rush through it, you can screw stuff up pretty mm-hmm. pretty There's, good. I mean, it's always fixable for the most part, but it depends on how much work if you, you want to go through. Yeah, it just if you becomes can avoid a distress it altogether. Yeah. yeah, you're yeah. just sweating the entire time you're standing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and it's it's funny because you say we find that finish we get that we we like mm-hmm. and we know how to do we can do it well and it's that's completely true because recently i've been trying to do some different finishes you know i'm going to copper leaf this little bowl on the inside mm-hmm. and trying to break yourself out of that mold of what you're comfortable with ew, that's hard mm-hmm. i mean it's like and trying to figure out what's going to work well and what doesn't work well um is interesting so mm-hmm. yeah all right lightning round random question favorite dinner favorite dinner uh, pizza? I like pizza. Casey's pizza? Oh, no, 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 no. Mexican food. Okay. Because I, like, uh, not everybody in my family really likes it, so whenever I get it, that's like a special treat. All right, so nice. Like, Solid. Yeah. That's a good one. Favorite dinner? Uh, I'm just going to default to what I graze on, and that's pickles and stone ground mustard. <laughs> nice. That's a solid one. That's a and good one. cheese, ultimately. Yeah, yeah that's nice. a good one. My, my five-year-old's favorite dinner, I kid you not, is a charcuterie board. <laughs> like... <laughs> And uh, his oh, charcuterie like a high class. Well, no, like, no. His yeah. so his charcuterie board ends up being Hormel pepperoni, nice. a chopped up cheese stick, and a sliced up apple. So basically, but it's a lunchable. It's a lunchable, basically that I put together. But he loves it. Homemade lunchable. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so my favorite dinner. Just thought about this because I'm making it tonight. Is uh, a dish we call Monica's noodles. It's basically just like leftover spaghetti, mm-hmm. no sauce on it, but then you layer it. In a casserole dish with butter, Parmesan cheese, mm-hmm. fried bacon, and ham. Nice. And you layer that up. And did I say mozzarella? And mozzarella. <laughs> and then you bake it. That's how, I, that's how I want to go. What? Just be layered in bacon and yes. cheese. Yeah, and just buried. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so that would be delicious. But yeah, so thank you for checking out this episode of the Shop Notes podcast. You guys obviously know where to find us because you're listening to us. If you guys want to watch the video, we have all these uh, that we will be releasing on YouTube. And by the time you guys hear this, all the episodes will be up there. So we'll catch you guys next time. This episode of the Shop Notes podcast is brought to you by Woodsmith Magazine. Woodsmith Magazine has been the trusted source for all your woodworking information for over 40 years. From tips and techniques, to furniture projects, to shop projects. You can find it all in Woodsmith Magazine. Subscribe today at woodsmith.com.